1: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Creative Habits Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest who is a native of Washington, D.C., and a graduate of the illustrious Howard University, earning a degree in fashion design and color theory. She is the founder of Welcome Home, D.C., a costume designer, and I'm certain so much more that we will get to learn about her today. Takiya, it's an honor to have you on the show today. Welcome.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Hey, folks. (laughs) I'm excited for you all to get to know me, my personality, who I am, how I came up with Welcome Home DC and, you know, like my day job versus my passions. They're very different and polar. Um, So I'm excited. I'm very excited.
1: I love that. Thanks. So since it's the first time that we're speaking and meeting, I'd love to learn everything about you. How do you identify yourself as an artist um, and what is your specialty?
0: Uh, Those are really good uh, questions. So I identify myself as a designer. Um, I pretty much have the mindset of how to design platforms, design looks, design, um, things that, you know, people need, whether it's interior, whether it's for, um, you know, projects, logos, things of that nature. So I started off at Howard University as a broadcast journalist major because I was following my parents' dreams and what they thought, you know, should be for me. Um, although I'm very outspoken and I have a lot of energy and I'm not super afraid I'm personable, um, I like to say I have a charm about myself. But, you know, it's never it's never been an interest of mine to really be in front of the camera, be in like a huge spotlight Um I like to work with people in spotlights and I like to make things look beautiful, you know? Mm. So I, I feel as though that's where I've always looked at things and how walking into a room, uh, what emotion does it emit, which is why I focus a lot on color theory because, you know, colors do have an effect on your mood and emotions and just, um, in general, the ambiance of a situation, the aesthetic of something. What, what are you going for? What are you trying to leave with? And that can go from the colors to the smell, to what you actually have physically there, the, you know, things of that nature. And so I definitely would describe myself as just a designer, a designer. But I, I particularly have an eye for hmm. fashion and I have a, um, an eye for things that look good together, whether that's textures or colors or lighting, um, people's emotions and things. So that's why I always want to focus more on uh, product development, products, um, and making things look good, making things look beautiful.
1: That's fantastic, and I definitely got those vibes from you. Very charismatic, and I love the energy.
0: (laughs) I try to to keep everyone having a good time. Yeah. Um, I'm really not. I am a serious person. and Let me not say that, but for the most part, I am always on joke time. I love to have a good time as long as we're getting the, the work done. I'm very big on that, but I'm hugely comedic (laughs) I'm a big (laughs) jester
1: (laughs) so let's talk more about your foundation like when did you realize that design was for you I know that you mentioned that you um really love helping people and you just have that personality about you with knowing how to put things together but when was that moment where you were like this is what I want to do
0: Interestingly enough, during the pandemic as well, um, my children were very young when the pandemic started in 2020. My daughter had just turned one years old. My son was turning two or three, like he was just going to turn three. And so for me, it was just like I was working as a paralegal. That's my day job. I am a certified paralegal. And, um, it's no creativity in that at all. It's very vanilla, very, um, strict about things. And I kept thinking of like just different ways to put out my creativity in the ways that I knew how, which obviously would be fashion design, um, fashion history and time period pieces mm-hmm. are something that I specialize on and just thinking about like, well, Who's out here on the red carpet, you know, wearing embroidered corsets and long crinoline dresses and things like that? It's not popular. And although I have my favorite designers like Alexander McQueen, uh, Elispera um. You know, their area, there are different designers and different um, houses that I definitely felt like, OK, well, I would love to work with their atelier just because it fits in the vision of my mind and how when fashion is it comes to me, like how I, um, I guess, concoct things in my mind. Mm-hmm. And it's very difficult to get into those ateliers, especially when you have two taller children and you're a single parent. And, uh, you know, working to survive is different from like working for your pleasure or leisure. And so for me, I felt as though I needed just something to put out there. I um, love interior. I've never been particularly like, I guess, strict enough about interior design where I I didn't, you know, study it that much. I think I took a class and things of that nature, but for the most part, um, feng shui and space wasn't really like my niche. And so I started reading more about it because it was the only way that inside my house, I could get a creative, um, this creative passion energy out. And so I started looking and thinking of different ways that I could one, change my space so that it's luxurious, it's beautiful. It's not doing too much so much like where the I, in my opinion I feel like a lot of designs and things today are cheap um like they're cheaply and poorly made. Mm-hmm. They're also repetitive of other designers or you know they're just a lot going on and maybe a whole lot of colors, the several functions and I was raised by my grandmother so simple is better for me. And so I just kind of jumped into it. I didn't really have a mind of what my products were going to be like. And that's something that I go through now. Um, I didn't think about some things, but I just did the LLC. I decided that I wanted to be called Welcome Home because a lot of the things in Washington, D.C. sites, um, things when I was growing up as a teenager, locations, places, um, programs, just in general, everything has changed. And I want Welcome Home to be nostalgic towards DC. And so that's why, on the first drop on the bag, I um, designed and illustrated, I put an illustration that I designed on, on the bag of one of the corner stores that was when I was growing up. It was where you got your sugar cookies, it was where you got your after-school snacks, maybe like your school lunch beforehand, even when in college. Um, Before I actually got to college, but when I was able to still be on their campus and things like that as a teenager, it was still up and popping, you know. (laughs) It was right across there from Ho Chi. And so for me, it was just like to see it kind of disintegrate over the years while I was in college and it not be available to me and not knowing like well where are the owners who have been there since I was just a, a kid. You know, it kind of made me feel sad. And I started again, you know, like while I'm also looking up and researching interior fun things to do in my place and put I was having trouble finding things that I liked. And then I was also feeling very sad about the, the, you know, like just certain things not happening the way they were. Things were shutting down Mm -hmm. in COVID. And it made me very sad. And it made me feel like, oh, I remember when this was there, when that was there. And I felt like I wanted to give something back to DC um, and the natives, really, for something that we can remember that we would appreciate, even if it's not for everybody else. And that's where I guess the serendipity happened and it just kind of happened naturally where I felt like, okay, I, I can, um, start a business where it's interior design is giving me the things and the items that I like, stuff that I would, I would buy. Mm-hmm. But at the same time it's you know, giving me a little bit of DC It's giving me a taste and feel of what is our culture, um, I just started the LLC in August so I've only had two two drops of course but we have a lot of cool and fun things coming out that I think a lot of a lot of people will enjoy in the city.
1: Yeah. Well, kudos to you for the LLC cuz I know um, I've been hearing you're you're a mom and sometimes we have to sacrifice a lot for, you know, other people, we don't put ourselves first. So I mm-hmm. think that was a step in the right direction, especially for you to have something that's your own. Because um, mm-hmm. you also mentioned uh, that you're a par- par- paralegal by day. <laughs> yes. So and they're two different things. And I'm, I'm, it, it's wonderful to hear. Sometimes you know when you transition and being a mom, sometimes you have to like pause on those aspirations and dreams. So it's you know it's really dope it's that definitely- you decided.
0: It's definitely an interesting balance being a mother. Um, mm-hmm. I never tried to use my motherhood as a crutch, mm-hmm. uh, but, which I think is something that has kind of been embedded in me as a black woman. Mm-hmm. I was raised by black women. Um, I was raised by my grandmothers, So there's still, you know, like a separation and, a, you know, of just, I guess, how motherhood is supposed to go, and so asking for help, asking, you know, like, for advice on certain things has always kind of been a challenge for me um, in general, and then when it came to starting a business, I felt as though the only way for me to ask help was for my business. Right. I quickly grew and learns that you cannot trust others to give you the best advice for your business. You cannot trust that everyone is looking out for your best interest and that they're looking out for um, you just as a businesswoman, as a Black woman, as a mother. Some people I feel like really count me out because of the fact that I'm a mother and they may not know what I'm doing during the day and um, unless, you know, I have someone backing me up or no Tino shade, I'm like one of the material girls with 10,000, you know, 10,000 followers because of the way I look, then I'm not going to be put out there as, as much. And so that kind of grew imposter syndrome with me, where a lot mm-hmm. of my designs and things that I feel as though I could have put out sooner than later, I just didn't because I was just so nervous about, people ignoring it, looking over it, um, just not being interested. And so that then kind of made me not want to invest in certain things in my business. And only until I sat down with a friend and, um, you know, she explained to me what imposter syndrome was. And then I, was asked to be like a week later, I was asked to be in a uh, flea market Mm -hmm. and like a shop in one of the union market, which is like a, it's not necessarily a flea market, but it's a shopping area in D.C. um, for people that, you know, have like homemade or handmade goods and things of that nature. And so That made me very excited seeing as though like I had so I was feeling so down about not being able to balance my mom work and business life. And then thinking like, well, it's not popping off as well as like me being a paralegal or I'm not seeing um, the fruition of putting in work like this. Because, you know, I wasn't, I was starting out, it was so fresh, I was only four months old, you know, my business was four months old and I'm thinking that I needed to uh, be in Forbes magazine, you know, and just to have someone say, hey, do you wanna be part of this pop-up shop? Like, we really like your products. And I only had one product. That really pushed me then to put out a second product. It pushed me to kind of get things done. And when I realized like, hey, it's the holidays. You, you're a mom. You're doing this by yourself. The kids been out of school for a certain amount of days. And um, you're still doing product development. You're still keeping up with, you know, um, deliveries and um what are some, you know, just asking myself, what are some things that I can do to make my schedule easier mm. um, for myself? And so, for in the new year, to in order to balance the mom life, I definitely have made a schedule of like just the small things, just the little things. Every week, I make a post, you know, um, going on Pinterest and finding uh, pictures that may give me some 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 inspiration and um, just watermarking it, using Canva, free apps, and just looking up more things that I can use for a small business that while I'm on the train or walk taking the kids to school or waiting in, you know, the pickup line, I can do these things on my phone very quickly, and it doesn't seem stressful to me. Um, but at the same time, I'm able to live and and do my life. I don't have to worry about you know Photoshop. I don't have to worry about doing some of the more crazier things in my mind. Um, just because I don't I don't have that time to right. set up a photo shoot with like a photographer and wait for edits and things of that nature. And plus, it's expensive. Having children's very, very expensive, especially when they're growing like weeds. So I needed to really make sure that I wasn't um, financially straining myself. So I'm still figuring it out. I don't think that there's any one answer to being like a parent, a single parent at that and being able to build a business. But I definitely think that it's start little and build your way up because people do not I don't think people even care that much about professional photos um caring about you know like having a studio session for you know certain things they have apps now for everything everything mm-hmm. they will allow you to edit they will allow you to change the lighting um and it's just about, playing on it for a little while while the kids are asleep or, you know, while you have some downtime and taking out an hour or two um, to put, to put, you know, to the side, like, Oh, I'm going to work on these designs. So then I can talk to my manufacturers mm-hmm. uh, getting into a schedule and if you miss a day i always you know tell myself that it's okay if you didn't follow your schedule for today but being able to be flexible with yourself and be graceful with yourself and saying like hey you were tired yesterday if you know if you had continued and pushed on you would have had to make up for those mistakes mm-hmm. so Today, you're going to spend four hours instead of the two hours, you know, just pushing through. Maybe you need a break or um, asking my kids to help me. You know, I like to get them involved with things. And, you know, so it, it's, it depends. But motherhood is definitely growing pains. When, it, yeah. when it, <laughs> It's definitely part of the growing pains when it's like just part of being a business in general. A lot of people make it look easy. I don't know how they're doing that. I don't know. Yeah, how
1: doing. and I can definitely agree with you that the little things count. Um, as far as you just posting little things or just keeping being consistent with your your aspirations and your goals for your business. Um, so I love the name Welcome Home. Welcome Home, and I love the way that you described. You know why you would want to do Welcome Home, as far as just. Uh, nurturing or maintaining you know what we loved about dc when it used to be chocolate city or like the real dc you know what i mean yeah Yeah. so i definitely love that you know you're bringing back that sense of nostalgia um, that we can all appreciate so i know you're just in the beginning but what would you envision for welcome home
0: so, I really would love for it to be the kind of business that when I put out a drop, obviously it sells out immediately. I don't want the products in Welcome Home to be like high quantities of of just stock. Um, I really want it to be something that when when it's out, it's out and when it's gone, it's gone. Mm. Luxury items, luxury textures, luxury products, the things that last long in your home, because especially in our age group, where we may be, you know, first home buyers, some of us are still renting, I'm right. still renting. So, you know, we may be moving from place to place. And a lot of times, you know, we buy Ikea or buy things that we just throw away, and then we have to end up buying a new one when Again. We move to our yeah buy again and that can get expensive so I'd rather buy something that's of a high quality and give it to people where if it's a rug they can carry this rug for two three more moves or if it's a um pillows you know pillow set is something that they feel like they can carry from room to room it doesn't have to be just in the living room or throw pillows and things of that nature and so I wanted to give off that nostalgia feeling. I do want some of my designs to be reflective of um, venues in D.C., like the D.C. Mm. Star, um, Murray's Grocery Store. I grew up uptown. Murray's. So, yeah. Yeah, so like the even the paper transfers, you know, mm-hmm. so there are several ideas that I have. It's about really executing them on the right product. And for myself, you know, the biggest challenge has been product development. Um, okay. But I wanted, I wanted to eventually gain the notoriety of showing love to D.C. so that I could give, essentially, back to the community. Um, welcome home. I want to say in October, we sponsor Con- Concerned Citizens. Um, mm-hmm. they, the Concerned Citizens of D.C., they are a nonprofit or organization where they help out the youth they help out uh, the, the the citizens, obviously, of D.C., especially across the river, the Anacostia River. Mm-hmm. And so they really serve the community for um, needs, and they put on programs and offer resources. And they, um, they celebrated, I think it was the end of the summer, actually, but they celebrated uh, the end of summer for... By taking some you know just thirty to sixty, I think uh southeast kids and kids in board seven and eight to um six flags or King's mm-hmm. Dominion, you know, like a little amusement park, yeah, and I thought that was so exciting because you know we're in the middle of a pandemic, and that wasn't something that. I think a lot of kids were able to do was enjoy just being a kid for the summer. And I remembered when I was younger, we used to have like the little amusement park shirts and things like that. You know, you go with your group, you got <laughs> yeah. a little handout. And so I decided to um, just sponsor them for shirts, just give them back, just give them something that um, uh, they can Remember. So I definitely uh, wanted to give back. I want to give back to the community. I want to be able to sponsor youth programs, whether that's um, teaching children, you know, teaching teenagers, just life skills, how to finance checkbooks. Mm -hmm. How to (laughs) just be a sponsor for youth football teams, dance teams, Mm. especially in these black communities, because where I grew up, the neighborhood is all white and Caucasian now. And I'm always wondering, well, you guys put up three private playgrounds, but where are the other kids who may not go to these Montessori and charter schools? self-built up like where are they supposed to play or do you guys offer t-ball for the kids that are just going to regular public schools my children are fortunate to go to a Montessori in our neighborhood Mm -hmm. um and they always have they're on a private campus they have private events and when we go I never see anyone that looks like my children and so um I definitely want to be able to to help out in that way but not just youth um, my mother, she experienced homelessness mm-hmm. when I was growing up, which is a part of my story as well. And so I want to help the community, you know, the homelessness, the displaced youth, the displaced women and children in the Washington, D.C. area. There are so many resources. We have so many um programs to help the women and children and men in DC and Mm. no one's telling them about it and they're out here really struggling hustling you know getting in trouble staying in the streets just being a part of things that are not befitting of black women and black men and I I want to be able to to show them like hey there is someone out here who's young who who's cool. I'm hip to, I guess, like the different ways that things can go, different processes of the way things can go. Um, whereas like someone 40, 50, Oh, you just got to get a job and et cetera. You know, they think that things are a lot more simple and I want welcome home to be a place where, you know, someone, my sister's place or, you know, Ruth's house, they, they can say, Hey, we need some some donators, some donations for bras. We need donations for tampons, whatever, women's care. And I'm able to write a check. Welcome yeah. home to write a check for them. Or we're able to pull the community together by saying, hey, we're we're gonna be selling um you know this this uh coat rack. You know, this special kind of coat rack that we've developed or we're selling hand mugs and this percentage goes to this black business for their upstart Um, or just in general, being able to bring the community together for coat drives and saying like, oh, yeah, well, Welcome Home is going to be there. So I want to be there and, you know, I want to be a part of their mission. And so I feel as though when we speak to the community and we put out like our businesses, it's like, well, how exactly is it coming back around to us? Right. Um, I'm going to go on a tangent really quick. Please do. (laughs) There are other religions out here and I don't want to, you know, get too picky, but we all know the religions out here who are spending $1 seven times over in their communities Mm -hmm. and African-Americans, we... Uh, are so caught up on other lu- people's luxuries, other nationalities, uh, brands, and what their products can offer that we oftentimes don't look at ourselves and say, well, I can do that. Uh, th- that is definitely a market in my community for that. Um, and then let's let's, instead of doing these housewarming parties and congratulation parties, let's do a buying party. Yes. You know, we don't, you know, we, you just started a business. Now what you going to do so we could buy your stuff. Let's buy your things. Let's give you money. Um, you know, and I think that those things are important. Even if it's $2, $3, $5, if you don't like the product, but you still want to support me because you, you don't need the product and you want to just still support. How can you do that? How can you, um, not say to yourself, Oh, well, I don't, I, I can't use that product because I'm too far away, but that's a mm. cool product. At, you go to Gucci, you can't afford the Gucci sweater, but you still buy a Gucci belt because you know what I'm saying? So right. you need, to, it's it's, a, it's all about figuring it out. Also, I, will, I love to encourage people to collaborate. Whether it's, you know, going to give you an income or, you know, there's always going to be an outcome, though. Somebody from their side is going to see it. Somebody from your side is going to see their work. Collaborating and um, making sure that, you know, you're asking like, hey, can I invest in this? I see that right now, you know, it may not be coming out a lot, but I see this going somewhere nice. Let me help you. My brother has a product developed company. Or, you know, I have a cousin who's a wood maker. Do you need these type of help? And, and you never know. And speaking up about those things and just helping out, it can take someone's business from being, oh, they had great ideas, but mm, to, wow, that, that helps. And you never know. Like, you never, you never know how people pay back yeah. The people that helped them on the way up. Because I'm definitely, look, I'm standing right here on Creators Podcast. All those people I've ever asked for help, all those people I've ever reached out to, or, you know, I knew that they had a level of expertise in what I was trying to accomplish. And whether they said no, they weren't interested, laughed at all, I'm going to remember you. I'm going <laughs> to remember you. I'm going to remember you. I'm Okay, and I'm gonna call you out because when you want tickets to the showroom, I don't got them for you, I don't got them for you. But the people that even if I've never met them, oh, I brought your toe bag or I seen your toe bag, the Mm -hmm. reposting. I'm gonna remember that and I'm gonna be thinking like, oh, well, you know what? Let me make them an ambassador for my for my product Mm -hmm. or let me put this in their shop. I've had friends literally saying, Let me put this in your in the shop. Let me and and I was grateful for that, you know, and they became friends because I didn't even know them prior to meeting them on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So it was, you know, and I think it's important that black people people we deserve luxury we deserve to have the things that we want amen (laughs) these white folks they not they don't care about what we like and what we want what looks good on us they don't care about that uh there are a lot of designers out here as far as me being a costume designer um there are a lot of designers out here who are using these black artists as caricatures to get fits off. Mm. You know, I mean, I hate to speak ill of the dead, but Mugler, he was not a fan of African Americans unless they were modeling his
1: interesting.
0: And and he's one of the costume designers that I do look up to in a sense of his work. He Mm -hmm. was great at being innovative that I cannot take away from his talent. But as far as um being a fan of the Black girls,
1: mm. yeah. So you but said you something wanted, pretty profound. Go ahead, finish. Um, But I but wanted to like
0: Cardi. But he put Cardi B in, you know, a lot of like, you know, of uh, some of his older vintage designs, and yeah. that kind of, you know, brought him back into the spotlight for the biker shorts and things like that. So it was very interesting to see. That dynamic. Dolce and Gabbana, that's another one. If you ever know this, (laughs) they don't they do not use black people in their campaigns, but they will use Naomi Campbell to walk Mm -hmm. down that catwalk. Yeah. Do not use black people in their campaigns. So Mm -hmm. it's very interesting to me how black people are so fixated on these luxury brands just because they've been there since 1929.
1: Yeah, and we heard it on a song.
0: Them. Right, they hear it on a song. A lot of times they don't even know how to pronounce some of these brands. Mm-hmm. And that, that actually gets me upset. But a lot of these brands, they don't know why are they big? Why Why is Chanel Chanel? Why is uh, Valentino Valentino? Who is, I was talking to someone about Manalo Blanik and they did not even know who that was. And I'm like, but your favorite shoe is Amina Mouane.
1: Yeah, the one that gets me all the time is um, when people say Givenchy instead of Givenchy. Givenchy,
0: (laughs) yes, or Versace (laughs) versus Versace. Yeah. She, you know, like the things like that, you know, or... um. even just Louis Vuitton, you know mm-hmm. Ralph Lauren. It's it's always it's always a mispronunciation. It's always going to be oh yeah, well my favorite rapper put me on, and that is great. great. That is great. But once you have the the knowledge to make your own, and they do try to keep it from you. Now I'm not gonna lie, they try to keep them textile companies. They try to keep it away from you. But in our day and age, the internet's Instagram hashtags, you can find anything. I like to use students for a lot of my stuff because mm. students, they want a portfolio and the Russians, the Ukrainians, they will they will do, the, they will work, they will put it to work. But as, as far as it comes for building your own, it's like even certain things like Alibaba, I, I, or, or my favorite Instagram boutiques. Mm -hmm. I hate them. Mm I hate them so much. (laughs) I do. I hate them only because I feel as though, yes, you built a business on your own, but like the product is still across the board. The same product that Hannah is over there is still being owned and produced. Fast fashion. Fast Mm -hmm. Fast fashion is still, um, the dollar is still going to someone else's pocket that is not in the African American community, yeah, and it can be tough. It can be tough, like breaking out there. But definitely, just thinking like, I'm gonna do my own skims. Okay, we're gonna do our own skims. We're gonna do our own hair. We did. We we got beauty products on lock. I will say that the African American industry, we got food and <laughs> and beauty products on lock, but. We have a long ways to go in realizing, like, we can do this, too. Yeah. We have the abilities to do this, too.
1: You said something so profound, like, this whole conversation. Um, I wanted to pinpoint some of it where you were mentioning how, like, a lot of us don't do what other cultures do, which is, like, to come together as a community to help each other, you know, build up. Mm -hmm. So it makes me think about, like, you know, I know right now, like, being Black or, like, Black art, Black creativity is a trend. But imagine, like, what, when gentrification started 20 years ago, if we all were, like, all right, we're going to put our money together and just, like, keep buying stuff from Browns or keep buying stuff from Rita's, you know? Like, all Mm -hmm. of the little businesses that were in D.C. that were, like slowly trickling down because, you know, the prices were increasing and nobody could afford it. Mm-hmm. But it's like and
0: nobody could afford it. Yeah. Like
1: what if we literally were just like we're going to buy, you know, our neighborhood back or like try to support each other. But I feel like sometimes either distraction of us trying to like maintain our households. I know a lot of people were losing their houses around that time. Mm-hmm. or like not being able to afford those locations. But I'm yeah. like, there must be now, learning from the lessons of how quickly you know gentrification can just like wipe out an entire city and displace so many people that were here it's like how as how do we as creatives like help uplift each other or like help each other's businesses like you say just expand or like you know if we start out just because you know we don't have a certain amount of followers it's like i see you you're doing your stuff you're creative Why not put you on the podcast to like, you know,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: have our our listeners and followers, you know, support your your situation. But I think about that's kind of how we started the podcast. But we were thinking about how can we not only lift each other up in our creative endeavors, but like, how can we, you know, we see so many, there's so many creative people in D.C., you know, so it's like, why not?
0: It's a it's a I feel as though it happens, but it happens on a different level. Mm -hmm. There are other brands, I think, out in D.C. that are put on a platform. And ironically, they're all male brands. But um, there are other brands out here who I'm like, oh, yeah, I love that. I love their mission. Right. They don't got much going on. They may have tacky designs. They may, you know, like easy, but it's, you know, they're getting the pop ups. They're getting the the interviews. They're getting the collaborations with other bigger brands. They've got a lot Mm -hmm. of stuff happening for them. And then when you are like, okay, can you show me how to do that? Exactly. They're like, uh uh, uh uh, you know, I, I worked for this, or they okay. don't got time for it, or they'll send you like a YouTube link to watch <laughs> this TED talk. And, you know, and it's like, okay. Yeah.
1: And that's my question. Yeah. It's like, how do we bridge that gap between like all the investors or how do we make that connection with people that are already established or people that have gone through this with the people that are just started?
0: It's about uh, coming down Mm. off the pedestal. Mm. Cause once you get on that pedestal, it's real hard to see like, why would I work with this brand? Because with everybody nowadays is, how is this gonna help me mm-hmm. with a big brand? How is how is helping a little brand going to increase their, you know, you know, bridging the gap? And honestly, I really have no idea. Mm-hmm. How it should happen besides stepping off of a pedestal, like I was saying, I think that stepping off of a pedestal for a bigger brand, a bigger business and saying to yourself, like, it's not about what I can gain from this. It has nothing to do with what I can gain. There is so much money out here, y'all. Yeah. OK, you can have a clothing <laughs> brand and you can help another clothing brand. Mm-hmm. You know, we still can be done. Um, that's, you know, product development, as far as welcome home goes, product development is so important to me because again, for one, I didn't even know anything about product development. I know that you can buy wholesale off of Alibaba, but that's not what I wanted to do. Right. I wanted to give something different of quality to the people and starting small, you know, you can't just be having a whole four or five, six products out you start small and I've noticed that when I've like reached out to businesses that there had to be some sort of parallel to them working with me Mm -hmm. So clothing brands or you know other home brands that I reached out to if they were part of DC it Mm had nothing to do I I was rejected by them you know I wasn't told that, you know, that, oh, you know, right now we're unable to keep up with your projects and my projects. And question, when did I ever say that you had to even manage my product? We're, we're talking about basically, you know, collaborating. I have I know how to make products and develop products, whether that is a skateboard, whether that's a mug, whether that's anything. Um, that's what I'm I'm trying to figure out out and you know because maybe you feel threatened or you don't see the vision you don't even want to have a conversation you know you look at like oh yeah she doesn't have that many followers or you know maybe she just started out and and they and I think that they see it as like how can this brand help me versus like oh well let me just be positive. Let me help this, which is one you know, which is a part of what I want. Welcome home to be. Whether it's a business seminar, you know, just paying for someone to, to put on a business seminar, or whether it's paying for spots for certain, you know, for mothers mm-hmm. to want who want to start a business and, and and doing things like that, just giving people the opportunity so that oh, nobody can ever say like, oh, hey um takia you know or welcome home they're just a brand they're just they're you know they just put out products i don't want to be that. i want them to be able to say like well maybe they can help us out maybe maybe they could sponsor some children or some women um mm-hmm. uh, you know, for finding suits because they want to they want to you know do certain things what how can we uh help out the community because at the end of the day i come from here when, I, when people say, oh, yeah, where you from? I don't say nowhere else besides D.C. Right. You know? And I don't want nobody to ever be thinking, like, well, D.C.? They don't ever have, you know, like, oh, it's, it's business savvy, but it's, you know, whatever whatever the case may be, I would never want them to, to talk down on my city. I want people to be like, oh, yeah, they, they got hustlers over there. Mm-hmm. You know, I want them to say, hey, that city, if you want to go there, they got plenty of programs, plenty of things. You can make money there. Right. You know, do the same thing as me, and I still want to help you out. And, um, you know, I, it's it's hard to, when it talks about bridging that gap, because then it's like, even when you get put on, then the community don't want to help you because it's like, dang, <laughs> $150. And it's like, well... You'll pay literally Y Project, you know, um whom whomever like Louis Vuitton and, and and Granny Virgil, he was black, but it's still Louis Vuitton. Yeah. It's still by <laughs> Louis Vuitton, Moet and Hennessy Company, you know, like they're still owned by conglomerates. So is at the end of the day, y'all will. Give them value by saying like, "Oh, we want and want and want this so much that now their value has shot up." But when it comes to a Telfar bag or Brandon Blackwood bag, Pierre Moss, yeah, like goddamn, I don't, I don't know if I want to pay 400 dollars for this. Right. You know, you you have to. There's obviously, a, you know, th- that doesn't make it doesn't make sense to me. Um. I think that it's also important for maybe black people to learn what luxury is that luxury mm-hmm. is not by name it is by how it's made the craftsmanship where it was made right the materials and I've had friends say to me oh I don't want no gold you know like I don't want a gold necklace I, I want this Louis Vuitton necklace mm. it's brass gold plated but you, you don't want the, the other necklace because it's you know maybe thin or it's not by Tiffany and Co. is it don't have a name brand on it, it just comes from, you know, little jewelry store down in Columbia Heights. But you don't see the value in having gold over just a Louis Vuitton chain or a Christian Dior, you know, gold, some gold plated. Right. So then I always question it's like, hmm. Do you even know what luxury is? Are you keen to it? When you say, oh, yeah, I don't want to eat this. I don't want to look at that. But yeah, I just think that it's like really weird of bridging the gap. I think that for me, I try to focus just on women. Yeah. I, if you, you know, if my first choice is black women, if I can't find a black woman, then I just try to find a woman um, cause one thing in DC, these black male brands, they will brand, okay. They will be branding and whether they are friends and grew up together, I don't, I don't even know. Cause there are a few people that I'm like, I actually know you. And it's like, still, they not collaborating with the girls. They're not collaborating with the girls.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Maybe that's something you could start, you know,
0: (laughs) I'm trying, I really, I'm trying to do a few collaborations. Mm -hmm. Um, I have started investing more in welcome home and myself to put out more product development, uh, for, so every month I want to have a product come out, um, and March, hopefully, you know, things go as smooth as they are with my manufacturer. But I want to uh, introduce, you know, some doormats mm. to the Nice. Yes, doormats. And then we're going to go to area mats. Um, I have, you know, done chair prototypes. I have done pillow prototypes and I've not put out any of it just because I want to perfect it. I want people to really feel like, oh yeah, this is great quality. This is yeah. excellent.
1: I love that because um, it's there's no point in rushing. I feel like once you know for sure that it's the product you're proud of, that's when you can put it out. I feel like we kind of live in a society where you feel like you have to compete or like feel like you to, have yeah, to you put have something to. out
0: but mm-hmm. it's always
1: good just to nurture that before you you know before you think it's 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 time
0: there is a lot of um there's there's a lot of room to grow mm-hmm. for companies and brands and designers but what i like about welcome home the most is that there's a market for it there are not many black owned home goods companies. I I'm hoping to add some leather this summer. Some mm-hmm. leather, you know, we started off with the bags and I think that every summer we might just do a release of like a bag just and kind of reminiscent of how we started. But um you know just having the little things that you can go say, oh yeah, I need something to put on my walls or I need a, a door rack. I, I really want to put out things that people need in their household but it's just not a whole lot out there so fun funky sitting chairs love seats um rugs obviously everything is going to be more like i'm not about to have white people on none of my things none of my products no designs of that so just trying to perfect and say well what kind of materials are these and um it's hard though not to want to put out in rush when right. Instagram algorithms, it's yeah, it's hard. I just encourage that if you think there's a market for it and you know there's a market for it, take your time. You know that
1: mm-hmm.
0: eventually it's gonna pop off. Um, and even if it doesn't, I feel as though this is something that I'm proud of myself to say. Like, look, I did this. Yeah. And I learned, I learned how to do the product development. I learned how to speak to manufacturers. I know when they awake, when they go to sleep, I know like the materials and what to ask for and just the process of building furniture. It's not all so much as just illustration. It's a lot of numbers it's a lot of measuring it's a lot Mm. of you know working with prototypes doing silicone molds and those things I had to learn and I do enjoy it I love it and so learning that I also realized that you got to slow down there's no way that I'm going to be able to put out furniture hardware furniture every month There's no way, or every three months, there's no way that I'm going to be able to do that just because of where I am in my budget, where I am in my manufacturing, the fact that I am a mother, the fact that there's just, you know, life happens, um, and I'm still building my customer base. So it's like, well, you know, is that feasible? That sounds good, but is it feasible? No. No. I wanted to spend four hundred dollars on my website. God you know I God was was trying to show me some things because my my site maker whomever developer she fell through mm-hmm. and I ended up doing it myself and I was like I didn't have to pay four hundred dollars for this. I got my four hundred dollars back. And, you know, I was complaining to someone. I was like, oh, I, you know, it's not the type that I want it to be. There was like, girl, it's got the product up there and the name and the mission.
1: That's all you need.
0: <laughs> you don't need to have the visuals, to have the the fancy lighting, this, that, and the third. You don't need it. You don't mm-hmm. have to have it. It's not necessary when you can figure it out. I did pay for and invest in, people to originally show me how to do stuff. So I did get a set and creative director for one of my first shoots and I just watched how she told me to do things. So now I'm, I know like, okay, well I need to use Pinterest and Canva Mm. and I can kind of, you know, work on that. People don't think that's corny. She's saying she's suggesting it. I'm, I'm starting now to kind of look more at other brands and say like, oh, they're, they're, they're just repeating the same post that they posted last week, or maybe they edited a different song. Um, This is the same photo shoot. Maybe they, you know, just doing three photo shoots but spreading out the photos. Um, One thing that I do that is definitely just like, Seeing how they're doing it, asking the questions. And then when I want to do it for my second product or for a different product, trying it out, saying, like, okay. And it's made my life easier because I do pay, I'm one of those girls who pay for convenience. But when it comes to your business, it's not really paying for convenience, people drop the ball people don't give you what you want. So it's like, well, let me, sometimes you just got to do it yourself mm-hmm. and learning how to do it myself, learning how to start off in the business it's definitely helped me say to myself, you got to slow down. You got to start small. It's going to be okay. You know, it's yeah. not, it's not going to pop off immediately. Um, Instagram makes everything so easy in trying to find people. Those mm-hmm. hashtags, they mean something, y'all. They trying to tell you something. Them hashtags will really get you together. I actually, for the costume design part of my life, I actually decided that I wanted to do costume designing again. Like, I wanted to pursue it again. Because... Again, I do not like the way that a lot of people dress nowadays. I got my bachelor's in fashion design, and maybe I'm not the most fashionable girl. I think I am. I personally think that I'm very fashionable, but I don't like the fast fashion. And um, because I'm also interested in the law, um, a lot of fashion is not going to be here the way that Mm. we think it's going to be here.
1: Interesting. Can you you elaborate?
0: yeah, so if you've noticed Prada, Hermes, um, even Dolce and Gabbana, um, and I wanna say I wanna say one other brand, but just in case I'm not correct, but these brands are all going green. Mm. They are recycling fabrics, they are reusing fabrics, they are no longer, they're straying away from leathers and cattle. Um, they're, they're straying away from using, um, you know, like pearls, like natural resource mm. items. And it's because it's none out here for us. Dang. A lot of these brands like Gucci, Louis Vuitton, they started off their business being luggage, being great luggage companies. And they had their own cattle companies, uh, cattle farms, where they would kill the cattle, make their leather, and that's how their leather was sourced. You can't find this leather nowhere else. You know that's why it was Gucci. That's why it was Louis Vuitton. Now we don't. We got too many cattle out here. We got too much of it, and it. You know, everyone know if you don't know, but like cow dung um, emits uh, gases into the atmosphere. And basically it kills the ozone layer. So the more cows that we have, the more poop that is being produced. I did not know the- that. Yes. Yeah, so the more, cause it um, produces methane, mm-hmm. I think. Or wow. methane. It, it, right. it produces a sort of gas though, that um, essentially kills our ozone layer. Which is why it's very interesting why they're cutting back on meat and they're cutting back on chickens, they're cutting back on all types of sort of things, Um, just because we don't have it no more. You know, we just don't have it. And so... Because we don't have certain resources anymore, we have to still want to make beautiful things. We have to figure out how to make these things continuously beautiful. How, how are we able to do that? You have to use upcycling. And I've always been a fan of upcycling. I've always been the type to feel like, oh, yeah, you know, I want to do this and then the third. So um, try to find ways for myself that were fun and that I thought were like, oh, this is cute. How am I going to do how am I going to like make a costume or make something fun for this person or that person with just what we have, whether that's ripping apart tents to make mm-hmm. a dress using plastic to make the the it, instead of tool? Uh, T-U-L-L-E, instead of using tool, we're going to use plastic and then maybe use a cotton overlay or 3D printing. That is something new and I cannot wait to try that out. Um, let me charge. Put oh this yeah, in- yeah, yeah. Yes, so. 3D printing, that's something that is new and you can do different things with it so that you're not using materials or um, that now they have different types of paint where it can be reflective, it can be metallic and maybe you can 3D print something instead of using metal um, and just paint it. Using the materials, I made a bustier. I'm working on... um, I'm working on a Boosier actually and just an outfit uh, that is reflective of um, Alice in Wonderland and so you know it's like those are the type of things like Tim Burton like that's the type of fashion I'm into that those time period Mm. um, is and so how can we make those they didn't have lots of fabric which is my favorite like they didn't have a lot going on but they still had these elaborate Dress is elaborate themes going on and so for me it's like how can I uh how can I make that reflective of today's fashion how sexy we are um just you know like our 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 lines and and silhouettes versus just like the traditional look you know and so that was like where I love the the costume design and trying to make it upcycle make it fun making it trying to find materials that people love or don't use or wouldn't wear anymore and turning it into a bucket hat, turning it into a dress, turning Mm -hmm. it into a bag. And is this, but is it, but not cheesy though, you know, and making it seem like, is this something that the first lady might wear? Is this something that, um, red carpet worthy, you know? So those are the things that as far as when it comes to costume design that I'm like passionate about is definitely making sure that we're taking care of the earth. Okay, yeah. making sure that we're taking care of the earth. We're using what we already have. These landfills are getting big. And, you know, not everything it needs to be archived. we you know, it it can we can reuse this. Maybe we gotta rip the, the skirt off or something, make it look different, but how can we keep this beauty um and make it the boussier that I made actually let me show it to you guys? It's made yes, out of ties. It's made out of that, here we are. So it's not finished yet because I have to put some crinoline. <gasps> Did you say good.
1: ties? Oh, my goodness. I see yeah, it. it. Wow.
0: So it'll essentially fit mm. like this. And then I want to have like a ballerina kind of skirt wow. and top. But, you know, I'm working because it because it, it needs a little structure. So I still need structure. So i am got to make a corset for it. And it's funny. I'm actually working on the table that I do all my court, like my my pattern making and things Mm -hmm. of that nature. So it's very interesting, but I am very excited to be a part of Disney's family, Warner Brothers family. Costume designing is something that I do think that, sure, I want to work with people, you know, maybe do celebrity shows and Mm -hmm. things like that. But I want to work on screen. Nice. You know, I want to be there with the Marcy Rogers. I want to be there with with the April uh, Jones, April Walkers. I want to be up there with the black. The black designers I love you know? that
1: yes yeah,
0: the black costume designers um that are really doing it they are really doing it on Broadway they're doing it in the theaters you know like Ruth e Carter Yes. she is probably the biggest OG who's okay. um, getting her own Hall of Fame though what is it oh, she's yes, getting her yes, own she's one her own star yes, yes. Well, yes her her uh, star and I am very excited for things like that those are people that I get excited for mm-hmm. um, Sharon Davis she also is a time period costume designer who does very well at things like showing time periods she did a lot of like slavery and African American films but um, Marcy Rogers actually is a Howard University graduate yes. Uh, so I am super hyped about her. Sankara, is a, she is a stylist. However, I do feel like some of her style styling is reflective of costume designing. Um, Alexander Julian Gibson, who also went to Howard University, he's probably the first person to ever introduce me to the process of, you know, kind of designing a show or being a creative director of something. He is a great stylist. He has styled for People, Paper, GQ Magazine. Um, he's done several works and he always has a uh, African culture slash anime touch Mm. to his designs and I love how he mixes prints and colors um adds femininity to you know male characters and male clients and still keeps everything balanced very balanced and sexy and I love that um he goes outside of the box and some of that I feel like is very reflective of costume designing um you know uh I do uh, Marcy Rogers, her costume designs are more everyday, like for Spike Lee. She's she does like you know, hip hoppy, hip hoppy, but more urban um, costume designs. But in general, I I love, 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 love her work. Um, and then there's just designers in general that I'm obsessed with. Alexander McQueen, mm-hmm. Gwokin. Um, a lot of Asian and Japanese designers that I'm just like a fan of. And so I feel, you know, as though there are, there are things that I'm excited for the costume design part. Cause that is like my passion. That is where people will learn my name. Mm. Um, that is where I really feel I'll I'll probably stop. I'll probably stop. You know, like trying to be a working at that point, um, especially with the period pieces. I really do enjoy like monarchy, royalty, that type of thing. So I'm excited to see my work on the screen in that regard. In upcycle, being able to not be coming up with new materials, using what we already have and yeah. Yeah.
1: I I love that. And I'm hoping that there's no more imposter syndrome that will hinder you from pursuing those dreams, because I feel like both of them, even with you starting Welcome Home, I envision it to be something that's going to be huge. But with your costume design, like, um, you know, I'm rooting for you <laughs> and hopefully like you get to where you want to be. Um, We just have a few more minutes, and we usually end with a game um, for all of our artists that join the show. So this one is called This or That, and then you just choose whatever you prefer. Um, So they're very general questions and some that relate to your field. Um, So the first question is uh, pancakes or waffles?
0: Pancakes. And why? Pancakes because... Like waffles, they have the squares so they can catch the syrup and stuff like that. Like, I like my syrup to run over. I want it to be uh, nice. Like, <laughs> over. Okay.
1: Shade. Yeah. So, if you were to be a costume designer on the set of a film, let's say, let's pick one that are kind of different but similar. So, I would say if you had a chance to costume design for Black Panther or Coming to America. Which one would you
0: do? Oh, that is a good one. Hmm. I would have to go with Black Panther.
1: Okay. And only because, yeah, yeah, there are some royalty
0: aspects in the Black Panther. And also the outside of the royalty aspects, I feel like there, there's a little more like suits and they, you know, they have their, their, um, it's Marvel and Marvel, you know, I've always been a fan of comic books and Mm -hmm. anime. Like I am one of those girls who, who know the characters. So I would definitely would love to say, oh yeah, I worked on a Marvel character. Um, for show, for show. That is a hard one though because coming to America has a lot of like Brooklyn and hip hop aspects. And it's very playful
1: too. Very you know?
0: playful that I feel like I would enjoy. I think because I'm more in the precision area when it comes to, I guess things, yeah, Black Panther. <laughs> Black Panther
1: so. Okay, cool. So Welcome Home has been hired to um, establish some pieces pieces, or visually curate for a celebrity? Your choices are Rihanna or Oprah Winfrey.
0: I would... Ooh, these are some good ones. Hmm. Because, I mean, it's Oprah-like.
1: Yes, it's Oprah, but it's also it's Rihanna. Also, it's, also
0: Rihanna. <laughs> it's also Rihanna. It's also Rihanna. So it's like, hmm. I think I would love to go with Rihanna because mm-hmm. she has a bit more... I think um, we have our visions are more aligned in like styles and I think she would get where I was going with certain things like she I'm not, you know, certain uh, people just like the glitter. I don't know. I feel like she would appreciate some of the pieces that I would bring in for her, you know, or like if it was a minimalist look. She would, you know, she would be feeling it. Um, and I think she would see where I was going. Oprah may be like, uh, I am too old for this. You know, <laughs> she, she may feel like she likes some pieces, but not everything. So okay. I think, yeah, Rihanna would definitely leave my room the way I left it.
1: <laughs> nice. <laughs> so a few more questions. Um, so Welcome Home DC has an opportunity to have a storefront. You could have a storefront in Washington, D.C., or you've been commissioned to have your storefronts only in Africa. Which one would you choose?
0: Well, because, I mean, we are, yeah, D.C. That would be our flagship. We are representative of D.C. I would want it in D.C. But I guess, like, I would never be opposed for it to only be in Africa, though. As in I each,
1: mean, each country in Africa as opposed to? just dc oh
0: well then i would definitely choose each one in africa because they have they have markets they have people who are able to do things that i may be looking for whether that's beading baskets uh you know kente cloths i may want to use the mud kente cloth and turn it into something you know upholster anything and that'll be way cheaper than me trying to ship it over to America (laughs) or me even not having the knowledge of it there's a lot of talent out in other countries Americans always joke this but Americans are not talented in anything so it's you know I definitely yeah (laughs) my business would floor so quickly if it was one in Egypt one in Morocco one in all these different places like what it would be each one could have their own different you know, like tastes and aesthetic, based on the the area that it's around and the market that's around. But having things that's made by the people in the store, that right there is just a good idea. That's <laughs> that's a that's a good business move. Um,
1: okay, so final question: If you had a designer to pick, would it be Tim Burton? Or would it be... What was the second one you said? I forgot. Um,
0: Pierre Moss. Pierre Moss. Ooh. I would have to go with Pierre Moss because Tim Burton has a great aesthetic for his movies Mm -hmm. and screenplays. But that man is racist. He Mm. said plenty of times that he is not like... You know, like black people in his movies, if you ever noticed, there ain't no black people in the Tim Burton movie. Mm. He has said plenty of times, you know, that's not what he's, you know, he's not, that's not what he's know. It's not that's not something that he um, thinks about when he's coming up with roles and characters. He's not thinking that black people can fit in horror oh okay and yes not which factual obviously, but <laughs> obviously not factual but you know the assumption that black people belong on the screen to to play you know somebody the first person to die or to give an example like speaking of films I never will work on a slave film. I will mm-hmm. never do costuming for a slave film. I will never do anything for black trauma. Thank you. I don't <laughs> want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't. I don't. I don't. I think that it's sad. It's traumatizing. It's triggering. And when you have black people playing these roles and that is what they're considering like oh great african-american films and these are the the spaces and places and roles that we can fit in Mm -hmm. um no (laughs) the movie that just came out with um regina george like not regina george obviously y'all can see where my Mm -hmm. mind is um but um the cowboys king regina
1: king And Idris Elba. Yes,
0: Idris Yes. Those are the type of movies, because someone could have said to me, oh, Clint Eastwood would have said, Clint Eastwood, I think, has said, like, certain movies that he worked on, there was no place in space for Black folks. Mm -hmm. Because Black Mm -hmm. folks, you know, weren't cowboys, or they aren't assassins, or things like that there's a, sh- a show called queen matoto about a zulu assassin on netflix i love it i love that show that's something that i would love to be on because it's like she got a budget they clearly gave her a budget and they got right. nice little suits they they've got you know like it's showing got some um the showing her like the black panther i loved how they had the the black panther um you know scientist the sister was a scientist and they had like the the decorative suit that kind of um had also resemblance to just african wear just you know Mm -hmm. traditional african wear um and i that's that's what i would want to be looking towards Pierre, right. Moss, Pierre Moss Pierre Moss he actually is considered someone who is like excuse my language mm-hmm. but is very mindfuck like he's his, his his it's almost costumey anyway it's innovative it's conversational it's constructive it's giving you something what is that
1: the research, that's, I'm just right. like, it blows my mind. <laughs>
0: right, and it's like, how, how did he come up with that idea? Mm-hmm. How did he even make that? What was his vision for that? And how does it function? I believe he made a hat for his last... um you know, he did the Black Inventions for his last show. Mm-hmm. And at first I was like, this man has lost his mind. What is he doing? But then when it became out exactly what the reason for and what it, behind it was, I loved it. And there was particularly, there's a chair.
1: Mm-hmm. I saw that.
0: And it's functional as a real chair.
1: That's dope. I didn't know yes. that.
0: <laughs> and it's crazy because I think that Valentino it was another brand did something very similar and Doja Cat wore that brand on um let me actually make sure but I remember she wore a a for it was the um I'm trying to think what it was Tom Brown yes mm for the MTV VMAs and she wore a Tom Brown hat and I was just like so surprised because I was thinking that you know she would wear some yeah support the brother That brother yeah but maybe she just didn't know maybe you know i i have no idea sometimes when people hire these stylists i am like okay you know i was just like king i guess y'all just gonna do whatever um but she didn't wear the she didn't wear the hat that you know that i thought it was but i was so 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 i'm excited at first like because it. i was like Okay, I was so excited at first because you know she was putting him on to VMAs. It seemed like it was gonna be exciting, but that's not what happened. Yeah. So. Um, but definitely love his work way over Tim Burton. Tim Burton is more, I guess, like scary, and I love that aesthetic. He does more time pieces, Mm-hmm. But the man's racist. He would never... Yeah, the man's racist. A lot of these people are racist out here. And by racist, to me, if you say that you support Black people, Black Lives Matter, I don't care. I'm not one of them people that take your word for it. Like, why aren't you telling Becky or your aunt... Right. ...right into, you know, your folks? And he straight up said that there's, like, really no place for Black people. He just can't envision us in horror. Mm. And obviously we, we, we are the flavor to stuff. So I was like, Oh, okay. Well.
1: Yeah. I've, I've, I'm a teacher at a middle school and I was doing research for them. They were studying black first, but literally Mm -hmm. there's nothing that black people haven't like done, (laughs) you know? So somebody to say a statement like that, I'm like, okay, sure. Um, but yeah,
0: yeah. Black people are the creative of most and of most things. And if it's not, Black, then it's a person of color. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, white people don't have much culture other than foraging, and taking. colonizing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. so that is their culture. It's foraging, taking, and colonizing. Mm-hmm. And you know, we we have to remember that we wore gold first. We did the big, the bold, the beautiful. We did these things first. The black, oh, yeah. you know, and we can take back that power um and also it's not i think that we have this slave you you know you said like how can we bridge this gap i do want to get back that we have this yes. slave mentality that one person on the plantation only one person can get in the big house only one one family can get the can get the neck bone or everybody got to scramble to the meal to the uh, cornmeal bowl, because if you don't get a lick, if you don't eat as quick or go, you're not gonna get none. And it's like, we are not living like that no more.
1: We're building we our own like houses, that. we're making our own tables, yeah. We
0: are, yes, we are building our own houses, we are building our own tables, we are doing our own thing, and we're not accepting, uh, you know, scraps. We're not accepting scraps. And so you don't have to live off of scraps. You don't have to build the scraps. You you wanna have a, you know, a a, a hairline. This girl can have a hairline. We all they're gonna buy from both of us. They're gonna buy from both of us. So, you know, I definitely am like super big on making and, and educating the black folks, sometimes coming from certain um. Skin tones. It's not, you know, like they they don't want to hear. Oh, do you feel that this that, and the there? It's like no. I'm telling you, we have to support each other. We have to. I know it seems hard, but whether it's your drug dealer, mm-hmm. whether it's somebody who is just selling dinners out their house, and you feel like, oh, that's not something that I want to do, then then help them.
1: What Who can you add?
0: <laughs> right. But what can you add to their business besides saying "oh, talking shit"? Now mm-hmm. there are some businesses that I feel like, okay, well, you're not working on your business, but being graceful because if you can wait for a pre-order of an $800 bucket hat or something, you can wait six to eight weeks for that pre-order to come out. Yep. You can wait three weeks for this for this small business. To, to make their product for you, and especially if they just got popular and now they've got a bunch of, you know, things of that nature. Um, just helping out. Oh, I see that they don't that they don't have boxes. I don't like the way this came. Nice product. I don't like the way. Invest in their boxes. hmm invest in their boxes do you have a friend that can invest in their boxes give yeah. them a suggestion say hey I think this would be really great if next time it had like uh, some 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 wrapping paper in it because that's how I would want to receive my stuff mm-hmm. thank you now I gotta add wrapping paper you know but but just saying like oh she sent my stuff this way or you know she told me she was working out her house and I couldn't you know I don't I, this girl over here, she started a lash company and my cousin got a lash. Yeah. Support, buy some lashes from her. Ask her where she get her vendor from. Mm-hmm. Be like, let's collab, girl. Let's go into business together. Let's yeah. go into in business together. Okay. And it will probably be a lot easier for the African-American community when we realize that two, three, four of us can do the same thing. We could work together on the same thing. We could work together on different projects. And we still eating. We're still eating.
1: Even the little things. If you don't have money to invest, how about a nice little review? (laughs) You know, of your experience.
0: Something small.
1: Something small always helps.
0: helps will see that and say oh well, they said that they you know like their food is delicious or or that she she made you know this chair and you know they came out with the product immediately mm-hmm. um, I always a lot of stuff when I first started out with Welcome Home I gave free bags olives, wow. and I would just ask my friends um, take a picture mm-hmm. so I can upload it take a picture do a quick little video you going to the beach. Let me send this to you. Get that here. Just, you know, and I got more customers because they were thinking like, oh, yeah, this person like this bag and this is my friend. So let me carry this bag. Yeah. You know, people want to be copycats or they say, oh, this big old bag. I needed this. My grandma got this bag. So let me buy one because, you know, how grandma, how you get this bag? Yeah. Oh, well, you know, such and such. I've had people, you know, just reposting. I I blow, whenever I have something, that blow up and I'm like, hey, repost this, repost this, repost this. I have sent friends literally little small gift treats and they're like, oh, I really needed this today. And I'm Mm. like, well, I thought about you because you did something for me. And it's like, this is how love is passed through. Mm. Even if I can't do nothing for you in terms of financial, there's some way that I can help. There's something that I can there's and and talking down on someone and not being constructive it does not it does, it's not befitting of the black community it's just not white people have family money behind them they can afford to make mistakes and do stuff asians and you know the the, the asians orientals um the the indian like indians um just just any other races Their families are like, we're going to come over here. You're going to send us some money. We're going to open three, four stores. You be like, how come you don't ever, you know, go shopping or buy all this stuff? Your family has all this money. That's because we don't buy that. We don't, that's not what we're spending our money on. We're spending our money on investments. Do we enjoy Rolex? Do we enjoy, (laughs) uh, you know, um, Hermes and Birkins? And do we enjoy finer things? Yes, but half the time... Those companies not even giving you what's supposed to be given. Mm-hmm. So you may be paying for, for protect or, you know, protecting and Richard Millies. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Again, when you research what people are known for and why they are famous, you you then your eyes start to open up and mm-hmm. say, like, do I need to pay this much? Because Bill over here has the same expertise, has the same, you know, can give the same, but maybe he just does not have that creative mind. Richard Milley, he gets his diamonds, you know, the VVS diamonds. He gets his diamonds from a particular place, and Yay! he is very um, innovative on how he uh, designs watches and things of that nature. Time tells time, though the time always going to be same.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: I was going <laughs> to be saying nobody's going to be sitting up there asking you, oh, yeah, how many how much diamonds depreciate. hmm. So now that you brought this Richard Milley, because you didn't want to buy this black brand with real leather, chrome or, you know, sterling silver, maybe it got one diamond in it. Right, But you don't want to buy that just because, oh, well, they don't, it's not no name or it's just not where I want it to be. It's not this, that, and the third. Okay, well, then tell them, like, hey, Richard Millie got leather boxes. His, his stuff comes in boxes. Add, like, a little light to the box. Let's see how we could do this. Jay-Z is one of the great, um I love his investments and how he invests things because he will tell a brand, that's not how you mm-hmm. come to people not how you that's not how you ask for money
1: wow
0: do you know how to ask for money no i do not i'm just okay well then let me invest in you but you have to do you know product development you have to do character development things like that i don't want to do that i can do this on my own what what (laughs) you know you never know they say oh would you ever take the meeting with jay-z Quite honestly, I, I'm I'm in the middle because with Jay-Z, I would not be asking him for advice. I'd be asking him for names. Mm. Write down this resource. Okay. What are the steps to building your first portfolio and making money?
1: Smart. You know,
0: yeah. uh, what would you tell, like, um, you know, who, who should I reach out to? Because a lot of these people that are behind scenes, when you find their Instagrams, 100 followers. Two mm-hmm. two thousand followers. There are people that are not in the spotlight, don't want to be in the spotlight, but they can help. They mm-hmm. absolutely have the resources and the knowledge and the skills to do so. It's just that people aren't asking. They're trying to say, "Oh, well, what should I do? Oh, well, we'll find a manufacturer. Uh, uh-uh. who's your manufacturer? Who's your manufacturer? Who's your who's your social media manager? What are some things that you wake up and do every morning?" Mm. you know like how did you start that capital and that's how I feel because oh my gosh when you look at other cultures and you look at other cultures you don't even have to know them they just be like oh you from what city from my country you from what town you're my cousin we 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 together we're working we're right. working black african-americans to be like mm, you dated my cousins, baby sisters, baby father that one time, so no. Oh, this don't have no name brand. I, I'm not going to tell you. I don't like your attitude. That's my favorite with Black women businesses. Mm-hmm. I don't like your attitude. You, you you, don't, you you, you move on. It's like because I don't need you. I don't need you. You don't need nobody out here, but it's good to have, to work with you. I've, I've asked several Black companies um run by men hey how do you you know I want to do this I want to do that can you help me or like I'm willing to pay how much read me on red Mm -hmm. snub me oh I don't have this that and the third but then I see them collaborating with another male uh and things like that women girl, yes, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm looking at these classes, as soon as I'm on it, I'm going to email you, can we work together, um, and not everything, shh, not everything is a, is a monetary, you know, like, give back and forth, like I keep saying, but, I think it's really, it's it's, it's going to take some time for our, Afi- like, Americans, African-Americans, it's really African-Americans. I think it's going to take us some time to realize, like, get out of this slave mentality where, like, only one person can be good at something, only one we only have room for one thing. Um, everybody wants to be like us, okay? You know, putting in the work, taking the time, because... Child, I wonder sometimes about if they're laughing at us in some of these meetings. Are they laughing at us and saying, ha, 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 you know, this, there's this, these five companies over here, these Instagram boutiques, they're making money, but if we stop making our product, will they even know how to do the rest? Do they Mm. know how, you know, like they, we control them still, we control this narrative. And, and when that stops, who's going to be the manufacturers for our company? Yeah. We already headed towards a very apocalyptic world. How are we, who's going to, who's going to, um, you know, take care of our, our senior citizens? You know, hmm. like who's going to take care of that wisdom? And we have to be very cognizant of like, okay, we well, becoming doctors, becoming nurses, um, becoming, like, opening up these recovery homes and opening up, you know, different businesses and starting small and saying, like, hey, I'm going to just have one client. I'm going to just have these, but can you help me? Do you have a abandoned building or a home that you want to sell or something like that? Turn it into whatever. Turn it into a store. Turn it into a home front, like a storefront. Mm-hmm. And thinking of those ways instead of just always... I can only put my dollar here. I only want this thing. So yeah. I think that things will be successful for the African-American community. We just got to get together, y'all. Yes.
1: We got to love
0: each other. We need to love Absolutely. each
1: Absolutely. I, I love that. And I love the intentionality um of everything that you shared today. Um, I can't wait to see how Welcome Home will evolve. I can't wait to see
0: ah, costume
1: design. You know, everywhere in yes, We <laughs> so are going to into have some existence. Good
0: stuff. Yes, definitely. is going to be a very exciting year for me. I'm very, very excited to show you creative mm. podcast. I'm creative. I'm a Creative Habits podcast. I'm excited oh, to gosh. show my children. Love I'm it. excited to show the world everything that Takia Jones has coming as a costume designer and at Welcome Home DC has for y'all. We have some really great stuff coming out. Thank you so much for
1: being on the podcast. We truly appreciate it. It's been such an honor and we can't wait to see what you have in store. So just before we conclude, please share all of your social media handles um, in case people want to follow your journey.
0: Yes, so my social media for Welcome Home Instagram is welcomehome.dc. So that's at welcomehome.dc. And for my costume design, my uh, Instagram is shit I be making. So S-H-I-T B making with no G at the end. So. Love it.
1: Thank you so much. And I'm so proud of you, fellow mama. Like, I understand the struggle, but yes, I know that we will get through faces. it. Yes.
0: Yes. For almost two hours, we sat here. <laughs> and you were, you've you been great. You had no interruptions. Oh, no. So. he's
1: He was under my door screaming my name. So oh, <laughs> I didn't think yeah. the mic <laughs> caught it, but <laughs> same thing. <laughs> I understand.
0: Well, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I cannot wait to see